score i'm with ben bachman we are it is uh wednesday december 23rd and we will get you all caught up on week 15 at the nfl and the nba season started up last night so that's a little exciting so uh our first topic as always we had the colts play the texans on sunday and they squeaked it out 27 to 20 and now they are still tied because Tennessee won, so we're ten and four. We got a wild card spot. Where uh, Tennessee has the tiebreaker uh, for the division, and yeah. So, what did you make of the game this week, Ben? Um, honestly, if I, I was a little bit disappointed in it, uh, Deshaun Watson absolutely destroyed our secondary, uh, like. 370 I think it was 376 yards to the air it was just absolutely ridiculous that he just threw all over us and the fact that that game was really a seven point game after us going up 14 and nothing early uh I thought the play calling was I don't know it just seemed like we could have really poured it on but after we got up 14 nothing we were kind of complacent because once it got tied up there at 20 then the Colts marched right down the field and got a touchdown it's like where where was this at for the entire game so I was a little bit disappointed but you know a win's a win we'll take it we're still in the fight uh still in the hunt for the division uh we're just one win away from a playoff spot so obviously there's some good things to take away from it but you know I ultimately I was kind of just shocked that we were in that situation again uh, yeah, it was a great game by DeForest Buckner. He had three sacks. He's the AFC Defensive Player of the Week. Um, as always, Darius Leonard and Kenny Moore did great as well. Um, the offense, I think, I think the offense is really starting to come together. The offense kind of knows what they're doing now, um, <clears throat> as opposed to early in the year when uh, you know Philip was new and everything. The, but the they really seem to have the identity. It's Taylor and Hines, and then work it outside to um, Ty, um, and then and Pascal had a big game too. Um, I'm not as surprised as you were that the score was close. It made it that made it 14 straight games where the Colts and Texans have finished within single digits of each other. Uh, Houston always plays us tough. <clears throat> Sorry. And um, the so Houston always plays this tough, so I was anticipating a close game. Deshaun Watson uh, is usually a tough opponent. And so I wasn't shocked by the result. Um, there wasn't any point. It's it's not like when the, when the Chiefs are winning because at, at no point in this game did I think, oh, I'm not worried at all. Like maybe at fourteen nothing, but then it quickly turned around for the Texans. And so the 
And so it just, it just feels, it just felt like it was going to be another close one. And it was, uh, Darius Leonard knocked a forced a fumble to prevent at, at worst, a touchdown at best. Uh, uh, I think it was QT would have been stopped at the two. Um, and then it would have been the same thing. It was the same thing as the two weeks ago <laughs> when they just drove all the way down the field and then they fumbled it at the goal line and we picked it up, which I almost didn't think we were going to pick up that fumble. I thought that he fumbled it in the end zone and then they were going to recover it and it was going to be a touchdown for them. Um, but uh, ending the same way, uh, close and – but – We'll take the win. Uh, right now, we have uh, we're, uh, we swept the Texans in the season series, which I, I was anticipating one and one. Uh, at the beginning of the season, I, would, I was anticipating to sweep Jacksonville, but after week one, I thought we'd probably split with everybody. Um, but so we were able to sweep the Texans. We're still we stay right there with Tennessee, just kind of waiting for them to slip up. They have to play the Packers this week, so that's a real uh, tough matchup for them. We get to play the Steelers, um, which if you just said that eight weeks ago, I probably would have said it was a tough matchup. Now I'm not thinking it's going to be all that hard. Um, and so I, I could see us taking the lead this week. But regardless of what happens this week, we must lose the next week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see that it's even tough because we would have a chance to have a home playoff game if Tennessee loses to the yeah. Packers. But it's like, do we go well, on? We, the road we have a chance, playoff? even if they win and we win, we'd have a chance because if Tennessee lost the next week and we won, we'd we'd get it. Yeah. I don't know. I, th- I think the next tiebreaker in that would be strength of schedule, and I don't know it at the top of my head. Maybe no, there's you... two. No, there's two weeks left. I'm saying if Tennessee beats the Packers and we beat the Steelers, then if the ten- if Tennessee lost the next week and we beat Jacksonville, then we'd get a home playoff game. Well, that would put us back at being tied. I, I don't we're know. Both, I... We're both ten and four right now. Right now we're even. So yeah, we just... and they have the tiebreaker. I know they just ha- <laughs> they just have to lose one and we have to win one. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. I was th- I was thinking like <laughs> like <laughs> if 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 Tennessee beats Green Bay and we we would have to beat Pittsburgh. If we yeah. lose if we lose to Pittsburgh and they beat Green Bay, then it's theirs. Yeah, for some reason I was thinking like, oh, what if we have a tiebreaker at the end of the season? And I'm like. Uh, I'm not really seeing the, that. Tennessee has the tiebreaker. There's not a yeah. different tiebreaker needed. Yeah. <laughs> it would be interesting, though, because one of the tiebreakers is divisional record. Let's say we lose to the Steelers, but Tennessee loses to the Packers. And then we lose to the uh, – we. no, that's not, what, that's not what I'm thinking. I don't know. I haven't really thought about it, but point uh, is – Oh, that's what the audience is saying. Yeah. <laughs> but – the point is, we've lost to Jacksonville and we lost to Tennessee. Tennessee has only lost to us in division. But if they were to lose to Houston, and let's say if we lost to the Steelers but beat the Jaguars, then we would have the same divisional record. So we'd probably still go to them. Well, then it goes up based on strength of schedule, which I don't know. I don't know who's had the tougher strength of schedule. 
Probably Tennessee. Well, I don't know. We play well, the same people. We play the same except for, I believe, two games or something. Ten, yeah, Tennessee would play – Tennessee finished second in their division, and we finished third. So they would play all the uh, AFC third-place division teams from last year. No, they would play all the second-place teams from the oh, division and, last year. And then year. we'd have all the third-place teams, is that – yeah. So then we'd probably not have that strength of schedule if they if they're already getting second place and we're third. Well, we um, yeah. I'm trying to think if there was any good third place teams that we've played that were from last year because I think Browns. But we already we already played the AFC North. That's our AFC division. Oh jeez, this is all confusing. <laughs> Let's see. So the AFC I th- I East, think it's the Raiders. AFC East would have been the AFC East would have been. We played the, the Raiders. Bills. Oh, the East, Bills the... They they would have played the Bills. We would have played. Did we play the Dolphins? I don't know. No, we Dolphins play... finished last. Who's no, the... the Jets wouldn't have beat one of those teams. Did the Jets? I think... finish... I think we played the Bills, didn't we? No, we didn't. We played the Bills last year. We are no, sorry, no. listeners. <laughs> no, we, <laughs> we played the Jets earlier this year. We creamed the Jets, so it had to have been the Jets. Oh. That's so we right. put. So we played the Jets. So, so oh they, yeah, because the Dolphins were tanking for Tua. Oh my yeah. goodness! So much difference one year makes. Goodness I know. gracious. <laughs> I know. We're so, just... so they got straight the schedule because we had to play the Jets. <laughs> yeah, we had to play the Jets and they had to play the Bills. Okay. Well, um, what about AFC West? Uh, we had to play the Raiders. They had to play the Chargers. I the think. Chargers are bad this year. That sucks. Yeah, they they definitely have a harder. They've got they they have all the tiebreakers. <laughs> That's sad. I'm sad like, now. We we literally have to they have to lose and we have to win out and they have to lose one. Or we can win one and they lose out. Yeah. Oh, well, we figured that out. I was trying, you know, 5 minutes ago I had a segue. 5 <laughs> minutes ago I had a perfect transitional point. So, Let's try. Let's. Okay. Week. We'll have to lose that next week. Ben goes, yes. And I go, now that leads me into this past week. The Jets beat the Rams. Why Why are you asking <laughs> that the Colts have to lose to Jacksonville in week 17? Because the Rams screwed it up for everybody. Oh my gosh. Can you, like, this team. This team, the power rankings are coming out later. Let me just tell, let me save you. Let me save you some trouble. The Rams were at, let me, I have them. I have the old ones here. I think, I believe I had the Rams at number four last week. They are not on my power rankings any longer. They lost to the New York Jets. This is embarrassing. Oh my so, goodness. Do you have my rankings up? I do. I'm, I'm unfolding the. I'm uncrinkling the paper that I balled up to throw away. I think I had him um, even higher than four. I think I might have had him at like three, or two. You, yeah, you did. You had him at three. I had him at four. Uh, they are off of mine now. I'm not messing with that anymore. That that was that was, 
horrible. But so here's here that game means so much to Colts fans. And mm-hmm. I don't think they even realize why. Like everyone's just, uh, you know, everyone's just con- consoling the Jets fans for winning. The, the the here's here's the main issue with this right now. Jacksonville has the tiebreaker with the Jets as far as strength of schedule. So if they both finish one in fifteen or whatever, then Jacksonville would have the number one overall pick. That does two things to the Colts here. One, the Jacksonville Jaguars will get Trevor Lawrence and we will have to play him twice a year along with playing Deshaun Watson twice a year and playing a very good Tennessee team twice a year. So that cannot happen. Two, the Jets won't move off of Sam Darnold if they don't get Trevor Lawrence. They'll trade the number two pick probably and get a whole bunch of other picks to try and improve the rest of the team around Sam Darnold and see if he can go for another year. So what? So for the Colts, our number one option right now is to get Sam Darnold, which means Trevor Lawrence has to go to the Jets. And, I mean, just for the sake of not playing him twice a year in our division, it would be nice to not have Lawrence go over to Jacksonville. Um Here's aside from all that, let me make one thing clear. I like for Lawrence, I much prefer him go to Jacksonville than the Jets. He looks like a Florida guy. He I I I would not wish the New York Jets to be your organization on my worst enemy. I would uh, maybe Tom Brady. Okay, sorry. But uh the for Trevor Lawrence, you know, I hope you go to Jacksonville. But for the Colts, that cannot happen under any circumstance. We need Sam Darnold to be in our building. Right now, the options are Sam Darnold, Carson Wentz, Derek Carr is starting to pop up in those conversations along with Matt Stafford. Sam Darnold is the best of the four. And then I would say probably Wentz and then probably Carr and then probably Stafford just because mm-hmm. Stafford's older um, and have, and has gone through a lot of injuries. Although Carr does seem to be somewhat injury prone at this point. Um, I'm nervous, Ben. And here's the thing. This year we have Phillip Rivers. I think we have a really good team and I wouldn't want to sell them short. So I don't want to say and. And, okay, here's another uh, – I'm sorry. I'm all over the place. I have another frustrating thing right here. The one win Jacksonville has, we gave them in week one. It should not be up to us to give them a second win in the last week of the season. They should have been able to beat somebody else by now. Anyway, we did our part. Anyway, um, the I just don't – right now the way i see it man it's tough because the chiefs i think are by far and away the overwhelming favorites right up there with them is buffalo right up there with them i think the only other team in the whole league that could give the chiefs maybe some problems is indianapolis so I don't want to say they have no chance. If you'd asked me, you know, six weeks ago, I said, well, go ahead and lose the game. We'll move off of Phillip Rivers. We probably weren't winning the Super Bowl anyway. 
at this point, I think we have a chance. So I don't want to sell anybody short, but thinking long term here, I think the better solution would be to say, let's rest our guys this week, uh, get them, you know, fresh for the wild card round in a couple weeks. And, uh, you know, let Jacksonville, let Jacksonville take a game just to ensure that, uh, well, I guess it wouldn't ensure. Here's the problem is the Jets play the Patriots that same week and Patriots are out of the playoffs. So Belichick's got nothing to lose. And I know he doesn't want to face Trevor Lawrence for another, however long he's coaching. So I could see Belichick doing a little, doing a little number there to ensure the Jets win. And if they tie Jacksonville gets it, but I, I think we need to do everything in our power to ensure that Jacksonville does not receive that pick. This is, this is, this is of the utmost importance for the future of the franchise and the future of the league. I'm not thinking about Trevor Lawrence's future here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I agree with everything you said, like, you know, getting Trevor or uh, getting Sam Darnold was definitely my, uh, my, that was on the top of my wish list for the off season. Uh, and then it's like, okay, I, I could deal with Carson Wentz. Here's the thing though. If, the Jets decide to keep Sam Darnold. That means there's really only that means Carson Wentz. The pool to get Carson Wentz gets even bigger. So who's to say another team doesn't make a better offer to wash or to the Eagles for Carson Wentz? And we can what miss do you out mean on it. It gets bigger. Well, let's see. It would get smaller. No, because Sam Darnold's sticking with the Jets. And so any team that would be interested in Sam Darnold, we're not the only team that's looking for a quarterback. Many teams are looking for a quarterback. I know, but I'm saying if if the Jets are a team that would take Trevor Lawrence, Jacksonville would be looking for a quarterback. So no, Jackson- I'm, saying, I'm saying if the Jets don't get Trevor Lawrence. I know, so that's what I'm saying. If Jacksonville gets Trevor Lawrence, the Jets keep Sam Darnold, that's one less team looking for a quarterback. Well, yes, but like you know, and the Jets, wash, the Jets saying. would trade out of that spot with someone probably looking for a quarterback to take Justin Fields. I don't know. I just I don't see, I don't see this being a good thing because I know a lot of people are talking about. Uh, well, no, I guess we'll talk about that later. Sorry, uh, but I don't know. It's just, I feel like there's going to be a lot of people who aren't in good draft position, but are still looking for a quarterback, you know, such as the Broncos, you know, they could be looking to get Carson Wentz. If the Raiders truly do want to move on for Derek Carr, they could try to get Carson Wentz. Lions could try to get Carson Wentz. But then Carr is the next option for us. If, if, if Raiders get Wentz. Yeah. And it's like, we, we go from Sam Darnold to go into Derek Carr, who has had Here's the, thing, though, troubles. the way we'll have to see how the Raiders finish this season out. And if, you know, Carr comes back, whatever, I think the reason Carr would be on the market is because they went with Mariota based on how he played against the chargers. Uh, but yeah, I know you do make a good point there, but I just don't, the 49ers might be looking for a quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. Like, 
it, it this is going to be such a what I would say a bloodbath for Carson Wentz if te- if the, all these teams think he's still a good quarterback. See, that's the key there. Now, I will say I heard Dan Orlovsky, uh, he said he talked with uh, some of his sources in the NFL, and he said that Wentz to Indianapolis is unlikely. I could honestly, I feel like I could see it. Like as much as I don't want it, that's what I feel. I feel like it's just I. I feel like I don't think it's a Colts move. I feel like if they have to choose between Philip Rivers and Carson Wentz, they might just stick with Philip Rivers. And Bo can't believe it, but. <laughs> oh my gosh! And so he'll look like Big Ben this year. Yeah. So. I, there's. I... And not to mention, there are so many teams I feel like are looking to restart at quarterback. I think the Falcons, 49ers, Raiders, uh, yeah, Matt the Cowboys. Do you – well, I mean, that's a frustrating thought. If, if Rivers decided to retire, do you foresee us bringing in like Stafford or Ryan or something? Yeah, I could definitely see that. I don't think Frank Wright – not that he doesn't trust Jacoby Brissett. I don't think the Colts view him as the franchise guy. Otherwise, that's we wouldn't have brought in Phillip Rivers. Exactly. As soon as they, as soon as we brought in Phillip Rivers, Frank Wright named him the starter. Like, that's that's just how it was. Well, so the salary I, named him the starter. <laughs> but, I mean, it's not like Jacoby Brissett is getting paid – pennies either you know i think it's what's 25 versus 20 or something like that 15 if that's a lot for a backup quarterback i mean and no, it, it is but he signed that deal previously on a test it out and see where we are like that was his like prove it deal it was a two-year 30 million deal yeah so that so. was that was just carried over from the year before but i just man if we go into the, if we go into next season with rivers i'm gonna be annoyed (laughs) well as long as he can well you know i obviously i see you have your doubts but if he can keep playing the way he has been playing i think we'll be fine the problem is i feel like if we can get sam darnold we're just that much closer to a super bowl team i don't think philip right now i think we're a quarterback away from being legit contenders yeah because, like, don't get me wrong, Phil Rivers has been playing very well, but I don't think we're Super Bowl contenders. Uh, and I feel like maybe Sam Darnold doesn't start out playing well just because, you know, new system and everything. But I feel like with his talent and the process to grow, either late in the next season or it might take him a season to get it, we could be legit Super Bowl contenders. Mm-hmm. So this thing is whole just frustrating. Bottom line is we have got to beat the Steelers. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's incredibly doable. I think the line opened up at plus three to the Colts too, which I found surprising. Yeah, well, it's already minus one to the Colts. Okay, I, yeah. I figured I figured it would move. Yeah, that that line jumped. Um, but. Yeah, it's we got to beat the Steelers because honestly, 
knowing the Colts organization, they don't really care about the other organizations. They're worried about getting in the playoffs and, you know, taking it one game at a time. However, if they are in the playoffs and they have nothing to play for that week 17, is it that big of a stretch to say, okay, we're going to start Jacoby Brissett. We're going to rest T.Y. We're going to rest uh, Quentin Nelson. You know, just the rest. Only, the only thing is, is there is no scenario where we would have nothing to play for in week 17. I mean, if Tennessee were to play or were to beat Green Bay and we were to beat the um, – and we Steelers. were to beat the Steelers. There's no but, scenario – Tennessee has the tiebreaker, so there's no scenario where we don't think we we have anything to play for. Because if Tennessee loses and we win, then we have to win other to win the un- division unless Tennessee loses. Mm-hmm. But we play at one o'clock, so we, it wouldn't we wouldn't get that you know foresight. Darn you, Frank Wright. Because you know if he has any kind of chance to win the division, he's going to try and win it. Yeah. I just wish Tennessee had a chance to win the division this week. That way it's like, okay, we're not winning the division. Let's, you know, rest the starters. The only – the only, oh, hold on. Well, no, I don't think that's right either. I was going to say the only scenario where we wouldn't have something to play for is if Tennessee wins and we lose. Yeah, but, but we can't the, lose last week because Baltimore has a tiebreaker over us, and which would kick us out of the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, because the other wild card teams are in there too. It would depend where they are. And we don't have a tiebreaker over Cleveland. No, we uh, yeah we lost all the big games. <laughs> and we we haven't played Miami, so we'd be literally hoping and praying Miami loses. Yeah. So. So there's that. Yeah. So. Bottom line, Colts are in a tight position. If I'm the Colts, bottom line, like, I think I think there is a three percent chance that we ended up with Sam Darnold <laughs> because I don't see who's Jack Jacksonville play. They have a tough game this week too. The Bears. That might be doable. I'm not sure. I don't know. At this point, I don't think Jack. At this point, I think Jacksonville's like, wait a minute, we're in the driver's seat. Let's lose this. <laughs> yeah. If there's one thing Jacksonville's good at, it's definitely losing. Just Except when they play us. Else. I don't know. They just don't like us. <laughs> mm. They're like, hey, it's the Colts. Let's beat them. Uh, Which well, we wish you would. We wish you would. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let me uh, let me send it over to you with our next topic. All righty. So, back in two thousand nine, the Denver Broncos started six and zero. They finished the year seven and nine, missed the playoffs, and that was considered the worst collapse in NFL history. Bo, I believe we are watching an even bigger collapse right now. The Steelers are so, 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 so lucky that they won their first 11 games to secure them a playoff spot because I'm not convinced they will win another game this year. That was horrendous. That was absolutely horrendous. (laughs) The Bengals 
were a more aggressive team than the Pittsburgh Steelers. Not only did they outplay him with a third-string quarterback, they absolutely knocked Pittsburgh around for that entire game. It was absolutely embarrassing. If you're a Steelers fan, I'm sorry, but that was absolutely ridiculous. The team is absolutely collapsing and falling on itself. Oh, my goodness. I mean, Bo will disagree with me on this. This was the worst loss of the week. It was worse than the Rams lost to the Jets. This was pathetic. Like, and not to mention, it it wasn't the Bengals' second-string quarterback. It was their third-string quarterback. It was a guy who was missing all sorts of throws. Now, granted, Ben Roethlisberger was doing that too. But this guy was outperforming Ben Roethlisberger. I don't get it. What has happened to the Steelers? Because this is just horrendous. That was an absolute, like, a, people were looking at this Monday night game and saying, it's not even going to be close. Everywhere I was watching, they're like, oh, I got the Steelers by this much. I got the Steelers by this much. I got the Steelers by this much. It didn't really matter, you know, what the score was. Everyone had the Steelers winning. And the Bengals with a third-string quarterback got the job done. And I don't I don't understand how. And I watched it. it Pittsburgh didn't even look like they wanted to play. Like, Cincinnati was absolutely knocking them around. They put a huge beating on Juju Smith-Schuster, you know, I mean, him dancing on the logos, you know, rightfully deserves it. But it it was absolutely atrocious what happened and what I saw on Monday night. And so, and here's another thing. Everyone's talking about, oh, if you draw an NFC East team in the first round of the playoffs, you have a bye week because you're easily going to win. No. If you draw the Pittsburgh Steelers, you have a bye week because they are the worst team that is in the playoffs. They are. I mean, that's just how they've been performing. I don't know what happened from – I'm going to say, like, what happened from week eight because them losing, it was predictable, okay? They started playing poorly, poorly, week after week, and finally Washington put them in the L column. I mean, but they were just, you know, skimping by a lot of these games. And then finally, they get that loss, and they have not looked good since. Dominated by or blew a 14 nothing lead to Washington, which Washington does not have the offense to come back down 14, but they did it anyway. They were outperformed by Buffalo. And then they get knocked around by the Cincinnati Bengals, who – I, I don't understand how the Bengals even won that game with a third string quarterback. And this quarterback has just been like, he he's not good. It's not like this, this is a discovery. He was the backup last year. When he got moved to the starting role this year, the Bengals brought in a practice squad quarterback and started him over uh, this quarterback. And then that quarterback goes down. And so they start this third string quarterback who, probably barely even made the roster as it is over the practice squad practice squad guy it was i don't know that was absolutely atrocious performance by the steelers and all of steeler nation should be ashamed of what the steelers have put on the field over the last three weeks there's a lot there um 
<laughs> trying to decide where to start. Um, well, one I would say is Steeler Nation is ashamed of. I don't think I don't think there's any should be about it. They are they are ashamed of what's been put on the field in the last three weeks. Um, you started with 2009. I had no idea where you were going. Uh, I don't know if I would say it's it'd be tough to say a team going 11 and 0 and then finishing 11 and 5 is worse than a team starting 6 and 0 and finishing 7 and 9. Okay, so if they went 11 and 5 rest of the way and got knocked around first round of the playoffs Because I don't think six and zero really proves it. However, eleven zero should prove that you're a good team, and the no, Steelers are not a good team. I don't think six and zero proves it, but to fit it to go one and nine the rest of the way against non-playoff. I mean, the rest of the way Steelers got playoffs. I mean, Colts are a playoff team, Browns are a playoff team, and then whoever they play in the playoffs will be a playoff team. Like you start off six and zero, and you got ten weeks. You know, maybe four or five of them are playoff teams at most, and you can't pull. You pull out one W, and you miss the playoffs. Hey, at least they made the playoffs. I, I. Oh. What? <laughs> You're pulling the out. At least it's they not made like, the playoffs. It's not so like did the NFC East team. They, at least they made the playoffs. It's not like you went ten and zero and you finished ten and six and missed the playoffs. I think it's exactly how it is. Like, no, the they're Steel- not going to miss the playoffs. Okay, so they're still going to get the playoffs because they didn't collapse sooner than what they did. That's <sighs> I- essentially that's essentially what's going on because they were actually able to still stand they're not going to be the worst collapse team because they were able to still stand and win 11 games. But this team is absolutely atrocious. They're no. terrible. See, this is this is what you do. I agree with the sentiment, and I have to disagree with your point because you went too far, okay? The, the, no, to no, say I this have... is the worst collapse in NFL history, that's crazy. <laughs> you watch it. They will get knocked around in that first round of the playoffs. I completely agree with you. That's what I'm saying. I completely but, agree with that statement. <laughs> but how can a team who goes 11-0 and 0 Drop the last five and get knocked around in the first round. This team started eleven and zero. Eleven and zero is supposed to mean you're legit. You can actually, you know, be one of the best teams, and they are not. They are going to lose in the first round, and they might not even I win their division. Agree with you. I don't understand. I agree with you, and you you're going to. Oh my gosh! You know, How is this not a collapse? I'm not saying it's not a collapse. I'm saying to say it's the greatest collapse in history is a stretch. No, 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 no. because because oh I, I remember I, re, I, re, I remember watching that Broncos 2019. You know, or yeah, 2019. Oh, it was Orton yes, they, on it. Yeah, you know they had Kyle Orton at quarterback, Josh McDaniels as the coach. Okay, 
they were everyone thought that they were a good team, but no one thought they were like a top tier team. Okay, because like I don't know, they had beaten the Patriots, but that was with Matt Castle, I think Matt Castle, or maybe it was Brady. I don't know. It was, it was around that was oh nine. Okay, but regardless, it was just they. You have the. 11 and 0. 11 and 0 is just mean legitimacy. How do you go from so six good? And, 6 and 0 means you're pretty good. <laughs> it doesn't mean you're elite, but it means you're a pretty good team to finish 6 and or 7 and 9. Here here. Let me kind of <laughs> put it this way. I don't want to put too much of a point on this on this thing because I feel like it's a minuscule difference, but I just can't I I can't let you get away with contra like wild non true statements. Okay, okay, okay. So, what we're talking about here is a difference of three losses. That's all we're talking about. Four, seven, and nine, and eleven and five, plus playoffs. I'm going to count the playoffs. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, okay. The other team didn't make the playoffs. <laughs> okay, the other team didn't make the playoffs, but they were only six and zero. It's not like they were a legit playoff still, team. So it's still a difference of four, right? Because no, that, they would if they you count, lost. They would have lost that playoff game had they made it. I'm not counting the playoff team. You play the games that are in your schedule, okay? I am sick of your self-contradictions, Ben. <laughs> it's not a contradiction, okay? The you're Steelers gonna, are going to the count. playoffs, so they're going to play the. They're going to play you're, in the playoffs. The Broncos did not go in the playoffs. The team that didn't make the playoffs and the team that didn't make the playoffs. This playoff counts against you, and not making the playoffs doesn't. You're a Jordan <laughs> fan, aren't you? Oh my gosh. <laughs> It's it is far better to not make the playoffs than to make the playoffs and lose. <laughs> I mean, in this scenario, yes. <laughs> I'm, not, just, I'm not listening to you anymore. I'm moving on to my next point here. That this is null and void. I <laughs> I I completely agree with you. I think the Steelers. This is a massive collapse. I don't I don't foresee that I. I don't foresee them winning. I see them being competitive with the Colts and the Browns. Okay. I, I could strictly because it's in Pittsburgh against the Colts. And I'm, okay, not sure, I'll, I'm, I'm not sure what it is against the Browns. I'm saying the Colts historically have struggled. Pittsburgh is a tough field to play at. That is the, that's the, I'm not giving the team any say, credit there. Yeah. That's the only thing that has me a little bit concerned about the Colts going or playing Steelers is it's, it's in Heinz field. We don't have a good record in Heinz field. It's just how it is. Yeah. I, it's a tough place to play. That's I'm not, if it was in Indianapolis, I'd be all over the Colts here. Um, mm-hmm. I think the Colts win this game. I think it's a competitive game is all I'm saying. I think it's the same way for the Browns. I think, division games tend to be played closer um and and i never know what browns team i'm gonna get that that is another thing like it's browns it's all on you it's all about your consistency steelers are right where you want them and browns you've been playing pretty good so you know don't disappoint but yeah it's just I, but no, I, I I can completely foresee uh, them finishing eleven and five. They're the what would it be the sixth seed, something like that. 
then they're uh they'd be the you know five six seed and then losing the first round of the playoffs to one of the division winners i totally can see that this team does not look good they lost devin bush and they lost bud dupree that's completely altered the way their defense plays their defense isn't the same as it was i think they had another injury i can't remember um james connor has been out this team can't run the ball at all. They're very one-dimensional, and they can't throw the ball deep because of Roethlisberger, so that makes them even more dimensional. I don't even know what the next term would be, but to they are, they're in a fine window of they throw the ball within 15 yards of the line of scrimmage. They can't go any further, and they can't run the ball, and that's what you can expect to play them. I think they're a very easy team to beat at this point. I don't understand it because I feel like I guess Ebron got hurt, but the that just means the that just means the backup will actually be catching the ball now. But the <laughs> the the array of receivers that Roethlisberger has would make you think that this team would be better offensively than it is, and it's simply not. Um, uh, you know, the big storyline that for whatever reason has taken over is Juju Smith-Schuster dancing before the games for TikTok. Um, I'm not sure what effect that really has. I think you just, when you do something like that, you open yourself up to criticism if something doesn't go your way. And let's face it, Juju at this point has been ranked, I think, 47 among receivers. He is uh, averaging less than 50 yards a game. And in his last game, he fumbled it. So, yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's, uh, what did I hear? Uh, I think it was Mark Madden said, uh, Juju is AB. I, I thought this was a bit of a stretch, but Juju is AB light. He is not as annoying as Antonio Brown, but he's also not as good. And he's annoying enough to say, well, if he's going to be this annoying, he should be better. Um, the, mm-hmm. the, <laughs> the Juju has vastly underperformed ever since Antonio Brown left. I think they got a star in Chase Claypool that'll be coming up right now. He's a rookie. Deontay Johnson looks like a solid um, receiver. And who's uh, James Washington also appears to be fairly solid, but the, I mean, Deontay Johnson, I think he's leading the lead in lead, leading the league in drops. Um, he's definitely up there. I'm not sure what to make. I, I think it's time for Ben to finally, I know he's teased it many a time, but I think it's finally time for him to say he's done and rivers can join him. Um, and they can have a you know oh four draft class reunion and uh i think this team this team just isn't what it was when it started the year and and i don't know what the effects of they never really had a bye week i don't know what the effects of that are on this team they've had a weird schedule this past couple months because for whatever reason, it's always the Steelers game that gets messed with when it comes to these COVID protocols. So I don't know what effect that has. It looks like Ben's tired. It looks like Ben's worn out. Um, he can't throw the ball any further than 10 yards. And uh, I, I don't see this team going anywhere far. Yeah, I think it's funny. This Bengals team scored 27 points on the Steelers defense. That includes Ryan Finley going seven for 13 for 89 yards and a touchdown. That's the Bengals quarterback stat line. And he won the game. For the game? Yes. Seven to 13. I thought he went for a drive. <laughs> no. Ryan Finley, that was his stat line. Okay. 
Now he had 10 carries for 47 yards. I mean, he he actually did pretty good running the ball. But well, in Big Ben's numbers, he didn't even throw for 200 yards. 20 for 38 for 170 yards, a touchdown and a pick. That's what I just said. He didn't throw it. See, he's completed 20 passes and he didn't hit 200 yards. Like he's not completing passes anywhere well, down the field. Well, and then I guarantee you a huge chunk of those yards probably came in that third quarter. Cause in the third quarter, it looked like the Steelers were actually going to just turn it on. Cause they came out on that first drive and got, uh, and got a field goal. I think it was, then they got a quick three and out and then big Ben took him right down the field and got a touchdown. And all of a sudden you're looking up and it's like, Oh wow. It's, you know, 17 to 10. And I'm like, Oh, Pittsburgh's going to end up, you know, coming back and winning this game. And, you know, credit to Cincinnati. They had an effective running attack. They ran all over. Yeah. I mean, Giovanni Bernard looked like, you know, his old self. <laughs> 25 carries, 83 yards. I don't know. This is – but you you get my point. This is absolutely no, yeah, a huge yeah. collapse by them. You no, know, I, I don't disagree that it's a huge collapse. I'm just saying. I'm you gotta, saying, you gotta let me have making, the dramatic effect, okay? You gotta let me do. Don't that. be making drastic hyperbole statements here. I'll I'll do as I please because you know right now oh, I'm feeling pretty passionate. Will you I'm, now? I'm, okay. I'm pretty passionate about it. <laughs> well, let's okay. Let's let's uh let's let's let the tempers cool a bit. Uh, <laughs> let let the passion simmer. We're gonna take a news break here. So I got some headlines for you. We'll just get get some quick reactions. Uh, ben, I don't know uh, about you. Um, I don't know if you've heard about the, uh, how should I say, the Dwayne Haskins saga? <laughs> yes, I have. So, uh, so basically what had happened was, uh, well, Haskins is supposed to be starting for Washington here in what? on Sunday uh, and uh, he was seen without a mask at an adult ballet and uh, that results in uh, a lot of trouble because you know the players aren't supposed to be anywhere and if they are anywhere supposed to be in a mask because of NFL protocols Um Washington fined Haskins $40,000 for his second violation of the season. Um, They also, as of a couple hours ago, removed him or removed his team captain status. You want to know what they should do with that captain status? What? Give it to Alex Smith. Uh, That has no relevance here. <laughs> I know, I just I just wanted to bring it up. Oh my gosh. But so I mean, clearly Washington's not happy. Uh the NFL is not happy. I'm not sure what, you know, protocol he goes into now to I don't know if like this is going to affect his ability to be able to play because he was out and could have been exposed and whatever. Um Here's here's the thing. If I'm Dwayne Haskins, here like Pat McAfee always says, be who you can afford to be. 
Haskins can't afford to be someone who's maskless in a strip club. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Haskins can afford to be a guy who studies film in his basement and goes out on the field and hopefully does better than the last time he was out there. <laughs> because he has this is this is he's already been benched this year. I all I hear about Dwayne Haskins, I see poor performance and I hear poor reviews on him. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And not to mention, Dwayne Haskins was the starter at the start of the season, didn't play well, and got benched. Not only did he get benched, he got dropped all the way down to number three, okay? And then Kyle Allen, he comes in, you know, he gets hurt. And then it's the Alex Smith saga. Everyone's kind of, you know, loving on him, you know, even yours truly. And then Alex Smith goes down. Yeah, I know. It's hard to believe. I've tried to keep it in. But anyway, uh, Alex Smith goes down. And now Dwayne Haskins, first round draft pick, has a chance for redemption. Okay. You know, Alex Smith had his redemption. Dwayne Haskins, it's your turn. Can you prove that you can at least be a starter somewhere? Because I think Washington's done with him. They're going to be done with him at the end of the season, no matter what. However, if he can, like, go out there, play a couple of solid games, and, you know, maybe he can get a backup job somewhere or something like that. But when you're in this situation, of redemption and you do that like i i've it seems like he has no awareness and his decision making is poor which is the number one trait in a quarterback i mean the uh, he i see poor play and i see and i hear poor reviews of character every time i hear dwayne haskins yeah and I'm not, I'm not going to lie, you know, obviously before this podcast isn't old enough. I actually liked Dwayne Haskins over Kyler Murray. I thought Dwayne Haskins. I did better. too. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I, 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 I uh, wouldn't self-admit it, but uh, yeah, <laughs> I thought he had the better. I thought he had the, you know, the traditional build and the, you know, the, the arm and quarter- everything. I thought, good- I thought Murray was a risk. I thought he was small and would have to, you know, duplicate like a Russell Wilson type thing. Yeah, and but yeah, I'm I'm not ashamed to say I was wrong. I was absolutely wrong. Kyler Murray is amazing, uh, and you can tell just based on character. Uh, Kyler Murray, you know, to do like he did two sports. Okay, so obviously when you're involved in two different sports, you don't really have a whole lot of free time to be doing what Dwayne Haskins is doing. You know, and I'm sure maybe if you wanted to make time for it, you could, but ultimately you're busy with your athletics and your career. Bottom line, you can't be maskless in booty cheeks. <laughs> you can't have your face in the booty cheeks maskless, Ben. I can't believe you just said that on the show, but <laughs> yeah, that's that's the bottom line. I don't think that is the bottom. No pun line. intended, but that's the bottom line. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Bo knows my weakness. I love a good pun. But <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, Dwayne Haskins, you know, his you know, his character will keep him out of the league next year if he does not sign with the team. It'll be purely on character. I think he's got a good arm in terms of he has a lot of throwing power. Do you think Washington will just cut him because they got one more they got like I think one more year left on his rookie deal? Oh yeah. I mean I I do not see Dwayne Haskins returning as a Redskin. I don't as a Washington football teamer. 
I'm sorry. Okay. I see it on national TV still. So how dare you? (laughs) My gosh. I've seen it done on national TV. So still give me a break. Never move on with people like you. (laughs) We'll never move on until I can call him something else. (laughs) Okay. Outside of a football team. Because guess what? In case they didn't know, there's 31 other football teams that I can call them something else. But they are the Washington football team. Oh, or Washington State or Washington, D.C. Come on, I don't know this. Uh, okay, um, moving on. Good. Uh, Roger Goodell is in favor of the two-game preseason. Hey, finally Goodell doing something right. However, Jerry Jones, Robert Kraft, among others in a group, shot him down. I think this was a bad year to propose a two-game preseason. Right now, because the teams we, are hurting, they need more revenue. I'm sorry? Right now, the teams are hurting. They want more revenue to recover. Yes, and we're seeing the effects of teams who did not have a preseason. Like, if you – teams are now starting to align with what we expected them at the beginning of the year. At the beginning of the year – it was complete mess of who was good, who was bad. Why am I so shocked? Now it's starting to kind of align a little bit of what we think of teams and why. Like the Colts, you know, they had a new quarterback in Phillip Rivers, and uh, well, I mean, I'll just go leave it at that. They had a new quarterback in oh. Phillip Rivers, and Phillip Rivers did not perform well. He did not perform well for several weeks. Well, Do I let's think? Pu- let's put it this way: the they didn't just have no preseason. They had no training camp or anything. Yeah. I think if you have two preseason games and training camp, that's enough. And I mean, only time will tell if we ever, you know, get to that point. I mean, college, college teams, they don't get a preseason. They're amateurs. I mean, yes, but they, they are also within the range of 18 to 22 year olds. Uh, as opposed to having a guy like Tom Brady or Drew Brees, you know, some of the older guys who are, who kind of need that time to get back into shape. We're talking about athletes who are. Whoa, shots fired. You think Brees and Brady just laying around, they ain't doing TB12 in the off season. We we only eat avocado ice cream in season. (laughs) I mean, Look, I don't think it's to get back they, in shape. Come on, man. Okay, okay, maybe not get back in shape, but you definitely – there's a reason why there's off-season workouts just before the training camp starts. Yeah. And it's because you're working out during the off-season, but you're not going near as hard. Like, mm-hmm. so – and then when you go to OTAs and when you go to a training camp, you're hitting it hard. You're trying to get back into playing shape, playing condition. Not to say that they're just, you know, uh, opening up some Budweiser's at the end of the year and just drinking until. Well, Peyton did. Well, I mean, Peyton if you win did. The but... super, if you win the Super Bowl, you're going to go home and drink a Budweiser. That's just it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, regardless, when it comes to these athletes who are, you know, in the upper 30s and 40s, you know, they need that extra time to kind of get their bodies ready for NFL play. While you got these 18 to 22 year olds who, uh, let's be honest, that's when their prime starts and their metabolism is really high to where they can 
uh, get back into shape sooner and they can also recover sooner than these uh, older athletes. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to keep moving. I got a lot of headlines here. So yeah. let's see. What did, what did I write here? Oh, uh, the Colts punter Rigoberto Sanchez returned this past week. He had a cancerous tumor removed, and he is back on the field now. Yeah, definitely a good sign to see. Uh, you know, it was a good moment. You know, first time all year when I see the Colts uh, punt team, I'm like, you know what? This is a good moment, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Other than that, I'm like, get off the field, go for it. But <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the NBA named their tread de- uh, made their tread deadline. Oh, made their trade deadline March 25th, which is about a month, month and a week month and a half uh, later than normal, which, I mean, the season started about a month, month and a half, two months later than normal. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like they're being a lot smarter than baseball was about, you know, fi- putting no, their trade deadline. Don't even get me place. started on baseball. The NBA is investigating the Clippers in their recruitment of Kawhi Leonard this previous summer. Why was that? I have no idea. It's just that's the headline. They are investigating the Clippers to make sure they didn't do anything against the protocols and regulations when bringing in Kawhi Leonard. Oh, boy. The Milwaukee Bucks lost a second-round pick in 2022 due to them breaking protocols in a – failed trade for Bogdan Bogdanovich a few months well not a few a couple months ago see it's all these breaking protocols that make me think maybe the NBA just needs to rethink their protocols I don't know what they are so I could be very wrong in this but if everyone's kind of breaking them then obviously you probably need to relax a little bit that's just my opinion no no I think that everyone's you know I think everyone's to an extent everyone's breaking them but if you how bad you break it, <laughs> if you if you relax them, if you relax them, they're just going to go that much further in breaking them. Everyone, everyone's getting the edge. I mean, I I don't really know too much about the NBA scenario, so I'll kind of leave that to your discretion. So, <laughs> I'll, I'll agree with you this time. Oh boy. Um, Rudy Gobert signed a five year, $205 million extension with the Utah Jazz. Um, he's a good player. Um, it's a lot of money. And it depend. I'm not sure it would depend what they got around him. But he's a very good player. Um, the Lakers signed Kyle Kuzma to a three-year, $40 million extension, which is not a bad deal considering what they thought they might be having to pay him. It also helps a little bit in the trade market because now he matches salaries more easier, more easily because he was making, I think, around $2 million off of his rookie contract, and now he'll be making about uh, – 13 and a half, 14, um, somewhere around there. So in, in any trade deals, that salary is going to match up 
better with other vets. Um, but it's not a bad deal for Kyle Kuzma. Um, hmm. Here's a laughably bad deal. The Clippers extended Luke Kennard to a four-year, $64 million deal. They also extended Marcus Morris to a four-year, $64 million deal. Put that in perspective, Marcus's brother, Markeith Morris, signed the Lakers for the vet minimum, and they are not that different. <laughs> Anytime you have a shot to bag on the Clippers, you do so. I'm – no, listen, listen <laughs> – the headlines come through. I see Clippers sign Luke Kennard. They could have done that any week. If it, it, it could have, this could have been the Heat. This could have been the Mavs. This could have been the Pacers. If I would have seen Luke Kennard four years, $64 million, I'd have bagged on the team. This is a terrible contract. Same thing with Marcus Morris. I don't know what the plan is in Los Angeles because they lost Montrez Harrell. Uh, they brought in Serge Ibaka. The team, uh, it's uh, I'm. We'll get into that maybe. Um, it's just not. It's not good. It's like uh, it's like uh, the uh, the Hornets. They signed Gordon Hayward. Uh, I was thinking Gordon Hayward might go to Indiana for like three years. Oh, three years. You know, maybe. 60 million something like that and instead he went to the hornets for four years 120 million and i was like well geez i wasn't going to pay him that much i didn't know he was worth that much and then they in order to sign him they paid the rest of batum's contract 27 million dollars just so he wouldn't be on the team anymore and the clippers signed that guy and they started him last night I'm I'm just confused. Um, the the Miami Heat ended their pursuit of James Harden in a trade, so that's one potential landing spot out. There is some Harden drama. He was seen and uh, <laughs> some some guys just you know this is this is a this is a theme. Uh, the NBA is working with the Rockets to review a video of Harden at an adult ballet. Uh, his status for the openers in question. Harden came out with a statement today and said every day it's something different. Posted on Instagram that the event he attended was not at a strip club. Breaking news as of right before we started recording, the Thunder and the Rockets game was postponed and the league has made James Harden unavailable and it's not sure when he'll be, when he will be available to return. Um, The so, so amongst the trades, Harden's not doing himself any favors. He's getting in more drama. Um, no, I don't. I don't like Harden. I'm not gonna lie. Based on reports I've heard just within this week, I do not like him. Oh boy. Hey. I think, what? Everyone's got a right to go to an adult ballet. But that's not it. That's not it. Uh, there, was a, <laughs> there was a story on the herd uh, about James Harden literally abs- ran the Houston Rockets organization such as film study they would not start without him being in the room uh, and he would always be late he'd be late to practice he'd be late to film studies and they were not allowed to start without him and like I'm just like that's that's not a way an organization should be ran uh, you know 
Well, I mean, if you got a, pro- I mean, he is a superstar. He's a top five player. Um, he, if you, did you have any issues with Peyton Manning kind of running the Colts organization there for a bit? Well, the thing is, you know, Peyton Manning was eventually replaceable. I mean, the Colts were able to move off him and get Andrew Luck, such as the Houston Rockets can move off James Harden and be just fine. Mm. I I don't know about just fine. (laughs) Look, there's going to be a recovery process. It doesn't matter who it is. If it's a good player, there's going to be some kind of recovery. You're seeing it with the Patriots. You're seeing it. uh, You saw it with the Pacers when they let go of Paul George. You know, there's obviously going to be a little bit of recovery time, but you'll be, your team will be better off when you can establish that, you know, you got the front office, you got the coaches, and then you got the players. And that's to say no disrespect to players, uh, you know, because they're the one that go out on the court and win. But, you know, if you're going to act the way you do, such as James Harden, you know, you should not be the one that's even remotely in the conversation about running the organization. So, like, you know, Peyton Manning, you bring that up, Peyton Manning would not be late for – film session in fact he would have probably been there an hour before everyone else studying film and then he'd probably take the film home and study it there too i mean that's just peyton Manning's character but james harden you know he's always late probably because he's out at the uh adult ballets so long that he oversleeps goodness so well, yeah so that's why i think miami i was going to comment it. i i think miami's made a smart decision to stop the pursuit of James Harden. Hmm. Okay. I don't, I think Miami has a very good locker room at the moment. I don't think they want James Harden ruining, ruining it. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, Kawhi said this week, probably his best decision would be to opt out of his player option at the end of the year. Uh, not commenting whether or not he would return or, you know, leave, but just saying that probably regardless, he will be opting out of the player option. That would be interesting to see, you know, if he opts out, where would he go? Well, it doesn't seem like it's an if. It seems like it's a win. He is. He said he will opt out. His best decision will be to opt out. Okay. So if if he opts out, or no, I I keep on saying if when he opts out, what team would he go to? I mean, right now the smart money is that he would re-sign with the Clippers. The uh, the opting out is more of a contract play, where if he finishes the season healthy, they finish it well. Uh, there's more money coming to him with a new contract as opposed to opting in for another year on this contract. Um, the, I don't know, honestly, if Kawhi were to move to another team, I think that would hurt him more than anything because it would be his fourth team in four years. And he would have willingly moved on from every single one of them in short amounts of time. I don't know what the market would. I obviously okay. Let me rephrase that. There would definitely be a market for Kawhi, but there would probably be an asterisk next next to Kawhi with any team thinking, 
we either got to sign him long term or we can't expect him to be around very long. Well, I think you would have the market from a lot of those small market teams uh, say, hey, you know, come here, stick around for a year or two. You know, if you can win us the title, it's a win. Then we don't care if you leave after that, you know. Hmm. Toronto was a perfect place. Not necessarily the best uh, situation in terms of good market or anything like that. However, I'm sure Kawhi is still a household name for Toronto fans just because he won them a title. Yeah. And so I think that's where the small market teams will come in. The uh, the Hall of Fame finalists were announced for uh, the Pro Basketball Hall of Fame. I'm not really sure what the uh, what the standards are as far as like the number of people that will be elected to the Hall of Fame because when I was looking at it, I couldn't find an exact number. It looks like seven to ten every year are inducted, and so here's here's your names. You got. For the first, the headliners for first time eligible are Paul Pierce, Doug Collins, Michael Cooper, and Lauren Jackson. Uh, some returners are Chauncey Billups, Chris Bosch, Richard Hamilton, Becky Hammond, Swin Cash, and Ben Wallace. Now, if you know they induct 10 people, that's the list right there. Um, I, when this got announced, I feel like last year, Kobe, Kevin Garnett, and Tim Duncan were all first-timers, and they all automatically went in, you know. Uh, This draft class seems considerably weaker. Um, To give you some context, Paul Pierce, I'm sure he's better than I think he is. He has gone into a broadcasting career and really done some work at damaging his legacy because he just has the worst opinions of anybody who might've ever been on TV. Um, he's delusional. And so I think that's, that's hurt. That's hurt his case as far as the respect in the basketball community. But uh, up next, you got Doug Collins, who's really his claim to fame is he coached the bulls. Uh, from 86 to 89 when uh, Jackson took over. Um, so his claim to fame is that he lost with Jordan. Um, he, co- he also coached the Pistons, the Wizards, and the Sixers. His career coaching record is 442 and 407, so just a notch above 500. Uh, he is a former number one overall pick, and he spent all eight of his playing seasons in Philadelphia. Um so I, I feel like the Basketball Hall of Fame, they might have different requirements. Um, the, this wouldn't necessarily be a career that I put in the Hall of Fame. Um, the, I guess as far as basketball history, he's a former number one pick. He did coach the Bulls and go to the playoffs with them um, for like a year or two. Um, I just a, a, a slightly above 500 record overall doesn't scream Hall of Fame to me. The, up next, you got Michael Cooper, who I also looked up. He spent 12 seasons with the Lakers. He was a member of the Showtime era. He won five championships. He was a defensive player of the year in 87. He's an all defensive team five times. He coached the LA Sparks, winning two championships and coached of the year in 2000. So I'd say his between his WNBA merits and him being a member uh strong defensive presence on the Showtime Lakers with Magic and Kareem 
that's probably what's getting him in, but I'd never heard of him before I looked all that up. Um, Lauren Jackson is a WNBL MVP four times and a WNBA MVP three times. She's a three-time scoring champ, a seven-time All-Star, Defensive Player of the Year in 07, Finals MVP in 2010. Uh, she, uh, I'd say she probably gets in for the WNBA. Um, I know nothing about the WNBA, and frankly, neither does anyone else. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, you look at the returners. I think this is the year Chauncey Billups gets in. Chris Bosh probably gets in. Uh, Becky Hammond probably gets in. Then you start looking. Richard Hamilton and Ben Wallace might give in. Might get in. Uh, I'm not sure who Swing Cash is, um, but um, I think that's that's how it goes. I'd say. You know, I, I don't know what they require. You know, I don't know how many get in. I'd say if if uh, seven get in, it's it's Pierce, it's Cooper, it's Jackson, it's Billups, it's Bosch, it's Hamilton and Wall or it's uh, Hammond and uh, probably probably Wallace, but maybe Hamilton. It'd be close. Dang. I mean, I don't really have strong opinions about the Hall of Fame just because for what you said, it's not – It does that doesn't seem like a Hall of Fame list. I mean, it just seems like an all-star list, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so, that's kind of rough for the NBA. It's hard to get, you know, fans excited over Hall of Famers who really – People are kind of just – Paul eh. Pierce, who's a joke. <laughs> But what's sad is he's probably the best player on that list. No, yeah, he probably is. Well, Chris Bosh, maybe. Well, the thing with Bosh is, like, he only, you know, he only has about five solid seasons. At least that's, I mean, that's how much I had heard of him, you know. He had his time with the Heat, and then he was a good player. He wasn't really much after the Heat. Oh, my gosh, he was a lot before the Heat. Well, he retired with the Heat, so that's probably why he won much after him. But <laughs> I, th- I thought he had gotten traded after the Heat. No, he had a he had a life threatening blood clots, Ben. You jerk. So he had to re- he had to retire because he couldn't play anymore because of blood clot risk. Hey, that's Jeez. why you. This is hey, why you take the NBA stories, okay? Hey, before before he was on the Heat, he spent seven years with the Raptors, and he was averaging thirty and twelve or something. Kind of give him a title like Kawhi. Well, you you don't understand how historically bad the Raptors have been. <laughs> I thought I thought they were known for going with number one seed and and you know getting kicked out. Yeah, for like one year there. <laughs> oh, I thought I thought it was something they were known for. No, they they have been historically a terrible franchise. <laughs> They had, they had Vin, their claims are Vince Carter, they had Tracy McGrady, and they had Chris Bosch. And then they got Kawhi. And they had DeRozan and Lowry in between there. Um, Notre Dame got it handed to them. They played Clemson. They lost by 24. 34 to 10 was the final score. Frankly, they... 
I think that touchdown came in garbage time, so they probably lost more like by 31. <laughs> yep, you were right. You were right. That touchdown definitely came into garbage time. Before we start knocking on Notre Dame, let's just say this. I saw Trevor Lawrence play Notre Dame. The kid is NFL ready. Okay. Like that's we've known that for like, three years. Like I, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I just have to point it out there just because there was a it was the second touchdown of the game. Trevor Lawrence just hits like it was the best and it was better than most NFL throws I've seen. It, it's it literally scratch, it scratched you where you itched. Yeah, it, it, it touched you in a way. Yeah, just look at <laughs> look at the highlights. You'll know it. It, it. He the receiver just extends his arms and the ball lays in there like someone cradling a baby, and it, it was just seemed so flawless. And I'm like, wow. Why wow. do not want him going to the Jaguars? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, one last thing you had. Uh, let me see if I have it down here because I can't read it. Stanford's Tara Vanderveer passed Pat Summit for the most wins in NCAA women's basketball history with 1,099. Is that the UConn coach? No, that Pat Summit's the she was the Tennessee coach and then she like, I think she died of cancer or something. So, so who passed the record? Tara, Tara, Tara Vanderveer. And what team did she coach? Stanford. I read all of this. Oh, I see. I see. You wanted me to say it twice for the listeners. Yeah, <laughs> yeah because I'm pretty sure they all dozed out on the headline. <laughs> uh, one last thing. NBA opening night was last night. The Nets came out and they dominated the Warriors. Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving looked very good. Um, then the Clippers beat the Lakers 116-109. to 109. Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess if, if you're, I guess you, I don't, you can feel good about it if you want to, if you're a Clipper fan, I'm not sure how much I would take out of a game that literally looked like the Lakers were treating it like preseason and LeBron had 28 minutes, but. I mean, you know, let's get back to the NBA a month from now, because that's right now. MLB started slow. The NFL started slow. I'm going to predict that the NBA is going to kind of start out slow. And hey, then once we get Christmas a month. Christmas Day, though. Christmas Day. That's for the NBA, baby. I think there's an NFL game on that I'll be watching instead. But, I mean. No, but the Christmas Day is like, that's the NBA. That's tradition. Christmas oh. Christmas Day is NBA. Christmas Day, well, outside of the um, – I think out, it's either outside of All-Star Weekend or outside the finals. Christmas Day is the most profitable day for the NBA. Interesting. You get, you get a lineup of five games. They start at noon. They go till 1 a.m. You get all the stars. So this year, for instance, I believe – I'm not sure of the exact matchups. I know the Lakers are in prime time playing the Mavs with Luka Doncic. Uh, at 
30, I believe, is the Clippers and someone else. Um, you get the Bucks and someone at like noon. You get the Pelicans with Zion. And I uh, know the, Pel- the Pelicans and the Heat, I believe, are at noon. And then it's the Bucks at like 2.30. And then at 5 is someone else, you know, another big team. 7.30 is the Lakers and the Mavs. And then 10.30 is the – or 8 is Lakers, Mavs, and 10 – you know, something like that. But it's an all-day long. You get all the stars. It's big day for the NBA. I usually – we spent – I've spent several Christmases over the years – watching NBA games at family Christmases. Interesting, because I have never done that whatsoever. (sighs) You're missing out, Ben. You're missing out. Okay, let's, let's, uh, let's blow through these next two fairly quickly. So I got Chiefs and Saints up first. Basically, all I got to say about this is the Chiefs went to New Orleans and they've won 32-29. to The Chiefs can't seem to cover, but for whatever reason, I've never felt in danger of them losing a game. That game didn't feel close. It felt dominated by the Chiefs, just about like every other win has. Um, the, the, The notion that the Chiefs would be in any sort of trouble is laughable um the here let me give you real quick like really quick what the chiefs have done this uh season they have gone on the road they've had eight road games they have gone to the chargers in one you know, not a big deal, but I'm giving you the full schedule here. They've gone to the Chargers, the one. They've gone to Baltimore and one. They have gone to Buffalo and one. They have gone to Denver and smoked them and also beat them later. They have gone to uh, Vegas and one. They have gone to Tampa and one. And they've gone to Miami in one, and now they've gone to New Orleans in one. They're eight and zero in their road, in their road plays this season. And they've got, and they haven't gotten easy. They got the Saints, the Dolphins, Tampa Bay, the Raiders, the uh, the Ravens, like the Bills. Lots of good teams they have gone on the road and they have beat this year. So to make me think that they're going to struggle against anybody in the playoffs, that's going to take a lot. But um. I, 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 the Chiefs are primed to just run it back. I, I don't, I don't have anything else. Uh, the Saints looked decent. They definitely look better with Breeze than they do with Taysom Hill. No surprise there. Um, uh, Michael Thomas didn't play, so that might be a factor. Um, Cam Jordan got ejected on a bogus call. But other than that, I mean, the uh, the Saints, don't get me wrong, Saints are a very good team. The Chiefs are just in a – they should be in a different league than everybody else. So you're going to tell me that the Chiefs should be in a different league than everyone else when they have won – when they won this game by three points or when they won last week 
by six points. Or when they beat the Broncos by six points. The Chiefs or when they beat the are... Panthers by two. Do you oh, oh I'm sorry. Are you talking about are you talking about when they beat the Broncos by six or when they beat the Broncos by twenty-seven? Yeah. When they beat them by six. Because you know what this tells me? You know what this tells me? Because the Chiefs were a dominating force at the beginning of the season. I am seeing not to the same extent. Oh, great. You know, listen for this. Not to the same extent, but I am seeing a little bit of Pittsburgh Steelers right here. You were great at the you beginning. Blaspheme! <laughs> I, oh my God! They were great at the beginning of the year. Fantastic. Would blow all the teams out of the water. And now you're getting to this point in the season. You're comparing them to a team on a three game slide? Yes, yes. They haven't lost. <laughs> yes. Because because we knew Pittsburgh was going to be bad, not when they started losing, but about three to four weeks prior to that, when they were playing atrociously. I don't think the Chiefs will go down to that level where the Steelers are at, but you went from blowout games to now we have a lot of close games. And now when the playoffs come, you're starting to have, play good team week after week. I think we're going to see a loss here in the playoffs for the Chiefs. Oh, my gosh. I will not let you know. This, okay, the Chiefs have a first-round bye, so let's start off with that. You're going to tell me Andy Reid off a first-round bye is going to choke in the playoffs? No. This is the Chiefs. Here's the thing. They have won all of these games. You say, oh, but they're close. Listen, the Chiefs are toying with us in the league. If the Chiefs wanted to, they could score as many as they want. They don't have to. Okay, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna pull pull something up. I'm gonna. There has never been an instance outside of um, the Raiders play the Chiefs tough, and oh, I'm trying to find if there was another one. The Raiders play them tough. And that is the only game I see outside maybe the Chargers, another division game, where the Chiefs didn't – the Chiefs, like, the games were close, but they never felt close. And that's the problem. That is the exact problem. The Chiefs dominate time possession, 48 to 18 minutes of Chiefs to the Saints – and they only won by three points. And not to mention, Patrick Mahomes' accuracy is regressing. He threw three What points. game are you Jane? <laughs> oh, oh, my gosh. You Did you not watch anything? Yes, I did. Bo, he was 26 of 47. That's oh, just- that's just slightly above, above 50%. That's not going to cut it in the NFL. Not to mention last week, what do you have? Three interceptions? I mean, he's still talented. He can still make this, these fancy you, throws. But You just said that Patrick Mahomes' accuracy is regressing. 26 to 47, what do you want me to do? 254 yards? <laughs> and you had the ball for 48 minutes and you. only one by three moron. you dominated the tampa bay buccaneers in every single statistical category and only one by three you should be blowing these teams out they shouldn't be close why are they close 
I can't. Defense is not you. as good. I can't argue with you because if you think this way, there's no arguing with you. Like you are so far gone. You are so far gone. I'm saying I'm just just. You know what? We will definitely get back to this. I will. Admit I'm wrong on this on whichever podcast I need to down the line. You know, if the Chiefs oh win the Super Bowl God. or whatnot. But I think. You know, hold on to your seatbelts, guys, because I think we could potentially see the Chiefs not maybe not necessarily get beaten up in the playoffs, but they could drop one in the playoffs. I don't know who they could drop one to Indianapolis. They could drop one to the Buffalo. I think Cleveland might have a shot. I mean, Cleveland. Let's say, I mean, Miami, they were within six points. Why can't they do it? Miami, or- they were not. That was a garbage touchdown. <laughs> You're crazy. You're insane. I, are you blink twice if you're being forced to say this? No, I, I'm not. I, I firmly I, believe this. You're nuts. The oh my word! The only see the only teams there's I don't think an NFC team can compete with the Chiefs. I don't think the pa- the Packers can. I saw the Saints just do it on Sunday. They no, they didn't. Thirty two twenty nine. I think that's competing. That's not, Ben. You don't get it. And not to mention, Drew Brees is only going to get better, okay? It was his first game back. You are nuts. You're crazy. You think the Saints are making the Super Bowl? I think they can, yes. I'm sorry. I have a lot of, I have a lot of, a lot of, a lot of stuff is being said right now. Um, Oh my god! <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't. Ladies and gentlemen, I have officially broke bow. I the the idiocracy has damaged my thinking. I I'm <laughs> you. Here's a Buffalo and Indianapolis. I give a chance to put a scare in the Chiefs. I don't give Pittsburgh that ability. No, they're the worst team in the playoffs. I don't give Tennessee that ability. I do. I think Tennessee can. You're crazy. You're out of your mind. The defense is not good, and uh, the offense can't match. Their offense can't match? Their offense is the highest scoring in the league. Their offense can't match, Ben. You're nuts. Tennessee's offense is what is makes them good. It's why they're winning the division. Uh, I don't give the Dolphins. They, you know, they they went to Miami. They did that. It was a six point game, but okay. It was a. It was it was thirty three to twenty, and then with a minute left, the Dolphins got a garbage touchdown to make it close. I mean, I don't think it's a garbage touchdown with a minute left. You still got a chance to get the ball back in. You're nuts. You are insane. I d- Let's see. Who else is in there? I don't give the Ravens a chance. They already smoked them. 
Yeah, I'll give you that. The Ravens don't match up well. And I don't give the Browns a chance. The offense can't keep up, and the defense can't keep up. I I like the Browns in a series of running the ball because they have a great rushing attack, and that will keep Patrick Mahomes on the sideline. I don't give the Packers a chance because their defense. I don't give the Saints a chance because we just saw that. I don't give the Seahawks. I'll give the Seahawks a slight chance, but I don't think they'll make it that far. Yeah, I can see Seattle. The point is the Seattle making it. That's why. That's that's yeah. That's yeah. I don't think they're making. I'll it. give you that. The Bucks aren't doing it. No. Uh, let's see who else. The Rams clearly aren't doing it. They can't beat the Jets. Hmm. That's interesting. The Cardinals aren't doing it. Agreement there. So it is here's here's here is who can beat the Chiefs. I'll get I'll give you one team, okay? I'll give you one team. The team that can beat the Chiefs is the Chiefs. That's it. If the Chiefs don't beat themselves, they'll win it all. Well, that's the that's the, the problem is that the, the Chiefs... only the only way they lose is if they beat themselves. It will not be because another team is better than them. Okay, everyone knows the Chiefs are the most talented team in the in the NFL. Like that's in there. The question is that the Chiefs have allowed opponents to stay with him in these games. That's the problem. That's my biggest concern with the Chiefs is that they're allowing these teams to be in it. And I'm supposed to trust that they're just gonna turn it on the postseason and blow everyone out forty five to ten like they were at the beginning of the year. I don't believe no. that. You're not supposed to believe that. You're just supposed to believe that they're gonna win. I don't know. It, it's hard to turn it on and turn it off. They, I, I can't. I don't know. What do you have next topic? I'm done. <laughs> okay. Well, now that I've officially broke Bo, let's talk about something we might agree on. Uh, the Eagles and the Cardinals game. This game, honestly, it was a very interesting game to watch. Uh, not only in regards of Jalen Hurst, but I mean, it had potential playoff. Uh, ramifications with the Eagles trying to stay in the NFC East conversation, Cardinals uh, trying to hold tight to the NFC playoff picture. But Jalen Hurst actually came out and played really well. Four total touchdowns. He threw for over 300 yards and 60 yards rushing. You know, after a week, I think I'm going to already have to apologize for Jalen Hurst. He looks like he can play. Now, granted, I'm not ready to say it yet just because, you know, it was one week. Okay, it was one good game. However, this is a good step in the right direction for Jalen Hurst. The only question I have concerns with is, does Doug Peterson keep his job if Jalen Hurst continues to perform well? And if you're an Eagles fan, your answer should be, you know, no, we don't want Doug Peterson as the coach next year. You want to probably hire someone who fits more of Jalen Hurst's scheme and, you know, move on in that regard. Uh, but I can kind of, you know, some teams have this, they're in this dark abyss and there's no way out. Like the Texans, they're, they're in this dark dark abyss, there's no way out. The Eagles, I could see a glimmer of light, just a glimmer. Jalen Hurts, if he keeps playing the way he does, you move on from Doug Peterson, you bring in a competent coach, you acquire uh, pieces from trading Carson Wentz, you might have yourself a team here. Is that it? Yeah. 
No, that's it. That's it. Shorter topic. I think. Uh, I think. Uh, I think. I mean, the Eagles' problems are far more than just their quarterback. But um, I was gonna say it's not gonna get solved by next year. I think. I think right now. I think right now there is no conversation. <clears throat> we have seen the last of Wentz in an Eagles uniform. If we haven't, I will be stunned because there is no way I can possibly see them bringing him back uh, unless there's just no one who wants to trade for him. Well, yeah, I believe there was a report saying Carson Wentz does not want to be in Philadelphia if he's to be a backup. Yeah, yeah. And and frankly, uh, if they put my back, if they made a statue of my backup after winning the Super Bowl and I had to walk into the building every day and see that and now they're putting in this kid – you know, I feel the same way. I think it's best for both. This is a situation where it's a win-win for both parties to just move on from each other. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a bad relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, it's a, you know, I know nothing about it, but I've heard that, you know, when things go bad in a relationship, sometimes it's just best for both parties to move on. Yep. Um, and so, uh, <laughs> and so speaking not from experience and um, the, but I think Wentz can be a great quarterback, but not in Philadelphia. And I think Philadelphia can be a better team uh, outside from Carson Wentz. Um, I don't know what assets you get back for Carson Wentz. I'm almost, I'm almost going to say they might have to put in a pick of their own with Carson Wentz to be able to move him because of the contract and the, his stock being so low at the moment, but you know, if Jalen hurts right now, I think Jalen hurts is in that phase where it's like, he's new and no one really knows what to do with him defensively. And so I don't, it'll be interesting to see how that adjusts next year as teams get more film. Um, But if hurts keeps up this level of play, and stays healthy. It'll be interesting to see what happens to the Eagles movie. I don't think they won't go into irrelevancy. Like I thought they would, uh, you know, a yeah. few weeks ago. And that's what we were kind of talking about. Like there's a little bit of a light or there's a direction that the Eagles can go in as opposed to being the Houston Texans where you kind of just everything blew everything blew up and you're looking around figuring out where you are. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, they're just lucky they have Deshaun Watson. That's all I can say. <laughs> well, Deshaun Watson is an incredibly unfortunate individual whose talent will be wasted. Yes. Um the Pro Bowl rosters were announced, Ben. And let me tell you, I got a couple bones to pick. Um, let's start with the fact that DeForest Buckner apparently is not a pro bowler. I don't know in what universe that is possible. Yeah, uh, I completely agree with you there. I thought that was absolutely uh, disgraceful. And the fact that there were only three Colts players that were pro bowlers, yet this is a 10-win team. Yeah, How does for that sure. make and when I when I saw three Colts made the Pro Bowl, 
I assumed I was like, well, let's see. It's probably Nelson, Leonard, and Buckner. And then it was Kelly, Nelson, and Leonard. And I was like, wait, no Buckner? And then I was like, wait, no Kenny Moore, who might be the best, you know, nickel corner in the league. And then uh, no Julian Blackman, who might be defensive rookie of the year. And, uh, you know, it's just like, what are we doing here, folks? No hot Rod Rodrigo Blankenship? Yeah. I mean, how many? I mean, granted, you're in the same thing as Justin Tucker and stuff, so it makes it tough, but. Yeah, but how many guys do you know can play Legos and still play be on an NFL team? <laughs> I feel like a lot, but um <laughs> Well Blake should have had the guts to say he's still I mean for a team for a team that could potentially finish twelve and four, three Pro Bowlers seem shockingly low. Yes. Um especially especially that with a top five defense that one player is a pro bowl. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it just stinks because the offense has been so widespread and they didn't get off to the best start at the beginning of the year that we only have two pro bowlers, but that's mm. just because it seems like one receiver will pop one week and one receiver the next, you know, you know, Marcus Johnson's had his time. Zach Pascal's had his game. Uh, T.Y. Johnson. I do like Marcus Johnson. I don't know why. T.Y. Hilton's had his game. Uh, oh, I'm missing one. Uh, Pittman. Michael Pittman. Yeah, Michael Pittman. He's had his game. I mean, we've had four different receivers have great games. Um, and then, uh, you know, Jonathan Taylor, he struggled at the beginning of the year. Well, I'm going to say beginning part of the year. He struggled there. We kind of shifted over to Hines for a little bit. And now Jonathan Taylor's really starting to hit his stride. Uh, and so, and Phil Rivers, he's did not play well at the beginning of the year at all. Uh, now he's just playing above average, I would say. Um, not turning the ball over and whatnot. So it's it's really unfortunate. But at the same time, I do take it with a grain of salt because it's the Pro Bowl. They're not even playing the Pro Bowl this year. So it's really just... Yeah, a- but it's, you know, it'd be nice to get it. Yes. Um What's more important is all pro, which I think we'll be seeing a lot more Colts on that list because that is not fan voted. It is professionally voted. Okay. Well, I got another bone to pick. Um, George Kittle has been out most of the year. So there's an opening at the NFC tight end spot. Um, Travis Kelsey and Darren Waller were selected to represent the AFC. No surprises there. However, For the NFC, you have TJ Hawkinson of the Detroit Lions and you have Evan Ingram of the New York Giants. Now, I can speak from personal experience of having drafted Evan Ingram in fantasy. He has not done a thing this year. I have, I cut him. He is doing so poorly. He's not even worth a bench spot on my fantasy team. Meanwhile, Big Bob Robert Tunyon has 10 touchdowns in Green Bay, and he was not selected for the Pro Bowl. You Packer weather fan. I'm just kidding. But Where's yes. the lie? Having <laughs> <laughs> the third best season among tight ends. I, I'll agree with you. I um, – the problem is, again, this is fan voting, and that Packers tight end went really under the radar because when I say, oh, Packers weapons, who do you think? Well, all they have is Devontae Adams. 
see, no one really thinks of this tight end. He's actually been pretty playing pretty good. But the same thing is, it's fan voted, so oh. it's it's really annoying. The fans don't know what they want. Well, I mean, I am. I I know what you want, but <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the Chiefs, the Packers, the Ravens, and the Seahawks all led with seven players selected. The Seahawks one surprises me. The Ravens one surprises me. Well, I mean, again, we have to look at the, it's fan voted. Okay, Lamar Jackson's on the cover of Madden. Okay, he wasn't selected. Lamar Jackson's not one of them. Okay, that does surprise me. Um, <laughs> Actually, uh, it, I believe – I don't think any skill player – maybe Mark Andrews. No, he wasn't. I just did the tight ends. No skill player on the Baltimore Ravens was selected. No running back, quarterback, or receiver, or tight end. Well, you got to remember, Baltimore is a – I believe Justin what, Tucker was probably selected. Yeah. They're a nine-win team. And they do have Justin Tucker, so he probably gets you know selected every time. Uh, and I don't know, they're they're kind of a flashy team, so that's just going to bring in more fan votes. Okay, the so you, you know, so I'm going to just stress so this. Why do, why does the Seahawks surprise you? <laughs> Mostly because I feel like Seattle has gone really under the radar over the last five to six weeks. And so for a Pro Bowl push, it kind of surprised me. Like at the beginning of the year, yeah, I would have absolutely expected Seattle to have a ton of Pro Bowlers. But once they started losing and then Russ lost his MVP steam, like the entire team just kind of went off the grid. Whether they won or they lost, it was kind of just the meh. Mm-hmm. So like no no one makes anything of Seattle being Washington this week. It's just kind of meh. So it, it just makes me think, why are people voting for Seattle players? Yeah. Uh, the quarterback selected for the AFC are Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, and Josh Allen. The NFC are no what? That's a no arguments here. The NFC representatives are Rodgers, Wilson, and Murray. I don't know. I, I don't necessarily – Disagree with that. I'm trying to think of other guys I would put in there. Uh, I mean, you could make the argument for Brady, but at the same time, I'm like... No, you couldn't. He's having a career year. His numbers are better this year than they are last year. Uh, Oh, that's not saying much. I mean, interceptions are up, but his touchdowns are up. He's exceeded 30, I believe. Yeah. I'm saying, I'm just saying, you can make the argument. I want. I think, I think to be in the Pro Bowl, you have to at all times know what down it is. I mean, is this is this your hate for Brady talking or your uh, legitimacy? This is my legitimacy. I feel like my if I was a if I if I had a Pro Bowler on my team, I would expect him at all times to be aware of what down it is in every situation. Uh, okay. Well, I guess my concern would be with would Tom Brady get along with everyone on the Pro Bowl roster just because. Oh. oh, wait, you know, Tom Brady never plays in the Pro Bowls anyway, so. Oh, yeah. Um, there were five teams that had no Pro Bowlers. Can you guess who they were? Uh, I know one of them's the Cowboys. Yeah, that was the first time since, I think, in the 80s that they haven't had a Pro Bowler. 
Yep. So you got and they oh. have they have been leading in Pro Bowlers for the past several years. <laughs> and then um, the do the Bengals have one? Nope. Jaguars. Nope. Jets. Nope. And this one might surprise you. I don't think you'll probably pick it. The Lions. No. Uh, I just said TJ Hawkinson was selected. Oh, like I'm going to remember that, okay? Yeah. Okay. Well, two minutes ago you said that. Why would I remember? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, no, Evan Ingram made it. Okay. Um, Washington. Uh, no, they had they have a pro bowler. I'm not sure who. Chase Young, I think, made it. Probably, yeah. Um, give me a second. Give me a second. I'm going to guess one more time, and then you're going to tell me. Um, okay. You got one more shot. Okay, so. Not throwing away my shot. Vikings. They did have a pro bowler. It is the Darn Panthers. It. I guess that would make sense. Yeah. Um. The Saints defensive end Trey Hendrickson is tied with Aaron Donald for leading the league in sacks at 12 and a half, which seems to be a low year for the league. Uh, however, it doesn't matter. He was not selected for the Pro Bowl. Tell him the people are stupid. Hey, Chase Young and Justin Jefferson were selected as rookies to be in the Pro Bowl. Adam Thielen was not selected, but his teammate Justin Jefferson was. Justin Jefferson had a better year than Adam Thielen. I was crying about my fantasy team, okay? Uh, Bradley Chubb got selected for the Broncos. Yeah. Some notable snubs. Uh, On the top of everybody's list is DeForest Buckner, by the way. We've already discussed that. Um, Tunyon is also on that list. Ryan Tannehill is on that list, but I don't – I was going to say, who are you going to take off? Who are you taking off? At, at most, you're taking off Deshaun because his team isn't good. Yeah, like that. that's literally the only thing. But then it's like, oh, well, what was his numbers last week? Oh, well, I mean, a couple touchdowns, 370 yards. I mean, yeah, not that good. Uh, James Robinson for the Jaguars was not selected. He currently – he's a rookie running back, undrafted rookie. He is currently third in rushing this year. Again. Fans, they don't pay attention to the Jaguars. So why would they vote for him? Calvin Ridley was not selected to the Pro Bowl this year. Also, this is the first year, I think they said since 2014, that Julio Jones will not be at the Pro Bowl. Or it's the first year The they had a long list of Falcons players who have been in the Pro Bowl, and this is the first year that they won't be. Um, let's see. Jordan Poyer for the Buffalo Bills was not selected. Demario Davis <coughs> for the Saints was not selected, and Ryan Ramchek for the Saints was not selected. Fun fact: Jason Pierre-Paul is the only Tampa Bay Buccaneer to be selected for the Pro Bowl.
I was just saying, I'm trying to think of who you would put in, but it's like all the receivers in Tampa Bay are having off years, mostly because it's just too crowded there. Mostly because of Brady, you know. You, you want to say it. Go ahead. <laughs> well, Brady still has 30 touchdowns, though, so like those aren't terrible numbers. But he's having to spread the ball around. I mean, Antonio Brown, Robert Gronkowski, uh, O.J. Howard, uh, uh, um, Michael Thomas, or no, my, not, not Michael Thomas, Mike Evans, um, and Chris Galladay, I think. Anyway. Anyway, uh, let's do a quick rundown of the week. Here's the games that we didn't mention. The Chargers beat the Raiders 30 to 27 in overtime. The Raiders, now that's a collapse. They started seven and three, and I think they are now what, seven and or eight and six? Or seven and seven, something like that. Yeah, the Raiders definitely did collapse, but the Steelers are so much more notable. The uh the Bills beat the Broncos easily, 48 to 19. Ben was worried about them going to Denver for that game. Okay, layoff. <laughs> it just, just seemed like a little bit of a letdown game for Buffalo. As a matter of fact, Ben took the Broncos at plus six. <laughs> I had told Bo that I did not like this game, okay? But he forced me to pick it. Uh, the Packers beat the Panthers 24-16. The Titans handled the Lions 46-25. Uh, the Bears beat the Vikings 33 to 27. I don't know who the Vikings are. <laughs> Let me just say that right now, real quick. <laughs> I think they're in a little bit of an identity crisis, and I think they should have it fixed by next year. Uh, they that's what Buffalo. you say. That's not, not you specifically, but that's what has been said about the Vikings every year for like five years. And yeah, but. They had lost a lot of defensive pieces over the offseason, and they just didn't do a good job of replacing him. Uh, but Kirk Cousins, he's looking better, and Justin Jefferson, it was good that he came in. So I, I'm looking to the Vikings to be much improved next year. Okay. Uh, Seahawks beat Washington 20-15. to 15. Close one. Yeah. No Alex Smith, though, so big game changer there. The Dolphins beat the Patriots 22 to 12. It is official. The Patriots will not be in the playoffs. The Ravens handled the Jaguars 40 to 14. Now this game I did like at 12. (laughs) Yeah. Um, The Buccaneers beat the Falcons 31, 27. How many times are the Falcons going to blow a big lead? I don't know. The, what's the over-under on that for next year? Like 10? <laughs> uh, the Cowboys beat the 49ers 41-33. to Didn't oh. see that coming. Oh, but your boy Ben Bachman called it, okay, on Saturday. You did not call 41 I, points. <laughs> okay, I did not call 41 points, but I told you the Cowboys – were going to play well because they were going to be within a three-point spread. That's all I called, but still. I, 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 I Who are the Cowboys now? They have been playing a lot better. I think they're starting to get chemistry with Andy Dalton a little bit. Uh, okay, real quick, real quick. You got a third wide receiver spot. You're going for the championship. 
it's T.Y. Hilton, Amari Cooper, and potentially Devontae Parker if he plays. Who are you picking? I'll go with T.Y. Really? Yeah. It's Pittsburgh. I'm not scared of Pittsburgh. See, I was thinking Amari. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Amari because the Cowboys have been playing well. It's a, uh, and he's the going Cowboys against guy? the Eagles. Who's the Cowboys got? Eagles. Uh, no, I don't. I, I don't like the Eagles matchup. Eagles are playing good football at the moment. Oh my gosh! The, I'm just I telling you what I would do. I don't know what to do. And Keenan Allen is now questionable and might not play. I'm, I would put Ty there. I think he's going to have a good game. See, I, see, you know, I did that last week. I had him on my bench for three weeks. He had 25 points. I put him in last week, and he had like nine. Well, keep him on your bench, okay? I want to see him get good. <laughs> uh, let's see. What else didn't we uh, – we covered every – oh, the Browns beat the Giants 20-6. to well, Who cares? Sunday Night Football was a buzzkill. Yeah, and that was the game that got flexed out for the 49ers and Cowboys. Yeah. The Cowboys game was much more entertaining, sad to say, but – Yeah. Oh, well, when, when your record stinks, you don't deserve to be on primetime football. Yeah. Now, Ben – we have approximately seven minutes. All right. So give me your power rankings very quickly. All right. So here we go. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. All right. So here we go. Number ten, Indianapolis. Again, I wasn't. A, I was a little bit disappointed in their uh, in their win over the Texans. I just didn't think it was as dominant as what it should have been. But regardless, still a ten. Uh, Baltimore, uh, I think the Baltimore is really starting to reignite that flame. I think they're getting a lot better, and uh, if they can make it into the playoffs, they could be a team that uh, shakes things up a little bit. Tennessee, they're firing on all cylinders. Their offense is dynamic. I think they're one of the best offenses in the league. As of right now, under Kansas City's, but I would not be shocked if they can keep up with them in a shootout. Uh, Cleveland, uh Mostly because Cleveland had beaten the Titans. Uh, I think they their defense does pressure Tennessee a little bit more to where uh, it affects them. So that's why I give Cleveland the better matchup over Tennessee. Uh, then I got the Rams. Look, I know they lost to the Jets, okay? But the thing is, they had a week and a half, and you're trying to motivate these guys to get ready for the Jets, okay? It just didn't happen. This team fell asleep. I expect them to bounce back uh, a whole bounce back in a big way next week as they play a divisional opponent to regain their division lead. But as of right now, the Seattle Seahawks are the next team uh, in my power rankings as they lead the Rams in the division. I expect this to flip next week, but as of right now, I think Seattle is doing a lot better job on defense. And as if their offense can play half of what they did at the beginning of the year, they're a better team. The Saints, uh, you know, Drew Brees came back. He didn't play particularly well, but he didn't play bad either. I think the longer he plays, he'll get more into rhythm. But as of right now, uh, with not if he has to go on the road, uh, it's not going to be pretty. Green Bay, uh, Aaron Rodgers did not play well against Carolina, but I'm not particularly worried in that regard. Uh, uh, I don't think he's MVP still, but <laughs> uh, he's just – I don't, know. I don't really know what to think of Green Bay. Next, this week, this week, I will say this, this week will tell me a lot about the Packers and it will, will tell me a lot about the Titans. So that's a game to watch this week. Uh, number two, are you ready for this? I'm not. I'm nervous. 
I got the Kansas City Chiefs. You are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, they're still putting up good numbers. This is the reason the, Chief, the Chiefs did not really regress as much as this other team exceeded them. Uh, their defense is not playing really well. And Patrick Mahomes, I don't know. There's something. I'm just going to keep my eye on the Chiefs a little bit, you know, you want to hear my thoughts about the Chiefs? Rewind the podcast a little bit, but you know what I think about them. Number one, Buffalo. Okay, this team, they they have the offensive Tennessee and a great defense to go along with it. It's not as good as it was last they year. They do not have Tennessee's offense. They do not have Derrick Henry or any sort of run game. <laughs> yeah, but they what they don't have in Derrick Henry, they beat Ryan Tannehill in the passing game. Josh Allen is amazing. What do you have, like five touchdowns against Denver, who is a against defensive? Denver! Yeah, Denver, that prevent that was in six points of the Chiefs. They were the second time. Okay, yeah, the second time. Point is, it was an easy spot for Buffalo to have a letdown game, and they did not. They absolutely rolled him. Josh Allen, I think, threw three touchdowns and ran it for two he's a great mobile quarterback he's got a great arm people were concerned about his accuracy and that's gotten fixed and the defense is okay it's not good it's as good as last year but it's not a bad defense by any means so yeah i think the bills are the best team in the league right now well i hmm, you really screwed up the top three i was feeling i was feeling kind of proud i thought maybe the student has become the teacher because, oh, are, because are they similar? <laughs> we we heavily agree through number four. We 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 had five dead on agreements. Okay, okay. But then you just screwed the pooch, <laughs> which is what white people say. Uh, it's a weird phrase because uh, I. It, I, you know, it. I would go I into it more, Bo, but it's not audience approved. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> number ten, I got the Bucks. Why? Because I had to put a team at number ten, and they're in the playoffs, so gotta do it. Um, number nine, I have the Ravens, much like my cohort Ben here. Number eight, I have the Titans, much like my cohort Ben here. Number seven, I have the Browns, much like my cohort Ben here. Now, number six, I have been told repeatedly, repeatedly that I am an Eeyore, but I have Indianapolis at number six, and my cohort has them at number 10. <laughs> What's the deal with that? I, I, oh, you're Eeyore. You just never believe in this team. Well, apparently I believe in them more than Ben does. Good grief. Uh, yeah, number five, I got the Seahawks, just like Ben did. Number four, I got the Saints, just like Ben did. Now, let me tell you the correct order here. Number three, I got Buffalo. Number two, I got Green Bay. Number one is Kansas City, and it's not a question of whether or not Kansas City is the number one team in the NFL. I just lost my headphones. I can't hear nothing. It's not a question. You're out of your mind if you think anyone other than Kansas City is walking away with a ship this year. You're out of your mind if you think Green Bay is better than Buffalo after that performance against Carolina. Bro, if it was Green Bay and Buffalo, Green Bay would it, – it'd be a who has the ball last game. 
Uh, I disagree with that because Green Bay only has one win against a team with a winning record. What's now, granted, point? they haven't – they're one and two against teams with winning records. Now, granted, they haven't played that many, so I'll give them that. That's what I'm saying. Tennessee's going to show us a lot. If they can't beat Tennessee, Green Bay's dropping below top five. I'm just going to say it right now. Well, you'll notice one one key omission was the Rams because I get it's probably a huge overreaction, but you lose the Jets, you don't deserve to be in the top ten this next week. Not going to lie. I was, I was really curious to see if you were going to keep Pittsburgh in the top ten. No, they're they – are, in my honorable mention is the Dolphins, the Rams, the Steelers, and the Cardinals. I didn't, see, I didn't do honorable mentions, but folks, we've already said this point enough. Let me just say it one more time. The Steelers are 11-3, and three, and they're not even considered in a top-10 position. That's how bad they are. Okay, I'm good. Okay. Well, that's going to do it for us here at Run Up the Score. I think we're, we're either right at two hours or we were able to clip it just – under um you can follow facebook twitter and instagram at ruts underscore pod you can get the link to everything all that and everything you need down in the show notes it's right there link tree it is uh you know rate review subscribe helps with the algorithm only five star reviews you got anything else you can you don't need to waste your time uh the uh you know tell a friend that we're a show that talks sports and you know, one of the guys is right. The other guy you got to kind of put up with, but the other guy puts him back in his place, you know, a little bit of that dynamic there, mm-hmm. uh, a little formatting. Uh, yeah, 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 sure. <laughs> uh, you know, tell a friend, be like, hey, you know, what you listening to? Well, I listen to uh, Skip and Shannon, and he goes, well, you're out of your mind. You should listen to this one. That's That's all we need. Um, yeah, you want to hear Skip on steroids? <laughs> oh my gosh! I know you're talking about yourself, but I can't believe you would say that. Um, <laughs> listen here, Skip. That ain't no problem. That ain't no problem. Okay. The um, yeah. So go check out the link. It gives you a link to everywhere we're streaming. It gives you a link to the social media. You can contact us at runupthescorepod at gmail.com. It gives you a link to that as well. So everything you need is in that link there. Share the link with your friends. Tell us, tell them to check us out. Uh, and we will be back next week sometime with what happened in week 16. More maybe NBA news. I did just see that James Harden was fined $50,000 uh, for violating protocol. Uh, he specified that he, quote, attended a private indoor party on Monday, not a strip club. So there's that. Um, It must have looked like a strip club at that private indoor party, though. Um, Anything else, Ben, before we take a final sign-off? I got nothing. All righty, then. We will see you next week here on Run Up the Score.